Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wealth Conversation podcast with me, Tsitsi Mutiti. I guide high-achieving women on their journey to build lasting wealth so they can prepare for an abundant future in every area of their life. I hope that today's episode will help you to transform your relationship with money so you can make the choices that will enable you to create the opportunities and lasting wealth that you desire. Let's get straight into this week's episode. In this episode, I'll be interviewing the woman who helped me get clarity on my method, the Choices Blueprint. Jatia Jones, fondly known as your business coach's secret weapon, and founder of Jatia Jones Consulting, is a visionary with the ability to facilitate clarity and dream transformation. She currently serves as the CEO of Jatia Jones Consulting, a boutique consultancy firm where she empowers entrepreneurs to confidently show up and boldly stand out in the marketplace, therefore increasing their income and impact. Jatia helps you get clear on what you do not how you make your money, equipping you with the ability to clearly identify your gift, how it aligns with your many different passions, and how to effectively and succinctly communicate this to your target population. The truth is, clarity is power, and once you have it, you will find success within your life and business. Through keynotes, courses, community and coaching, Jatia has helped more than 200 clients globally gain the clarity, strategy and accountability needed to execute ideas, transforming their dreams into reality. Jatia does not limit her counsel to entrepreneurs. As founder and executive director of 14 Inc., she helps disconnected youth realize their career aspirations ensuring an equal opportunity for success. Using behavioral change theories and holistic networking, Jatia develops educational programs and materials that provide evidence-based solutions. Since its launch, 14s has provided non-traditional career training and mentorship to teens. Welcome, Jatia, to the Wealth Conversation podcast. I am so honored to have you as officially the first guest interview. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited that you started this. You definitely know that I feel everybody needs to hear what you have to say. So thank (laughs) Thank you you. for starting the podcast so you can educate us all. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, so the listeners have heard your official bio, but I wanted you to just tell us who is Jatia Jones? That's always the hard question, but no, I'm Jatia Jones of Jatia Jones Consulting, and I help you get clear, clear on who you are and what you do, not how you make your money, because once you know what you do, you can make money doing you, Um, and that is my goal, because once we actually know exactly what we do, that thing that's our secret sauce, we can pivot like in the past year of COVID, a lot of people did not survive the pivot. Businesses closed mm. because they were focused on how they made their money, not what they actually do. Um, but once you know what you do, you can move forward in impact and making income. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. And pe- most people won't know, but I met you whilst I was 
searching for clarity. We, I spent, what is it, 12 weeks every, was it a Thursday? Every Thursday for 12 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> An hour session, a group coaching session, which was absolutely phenomenal. And I got to figure out over time what I do. And actually, the first person who said, I love your method, the choices blueprint was you because I sent it to you and I was like, can you tell me if this is okay? <laughs> and clarity. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. And clarity is the first step. So there was no way I could have started this podcast without having someone talking about clarity. And it had to be you because I gained so much clarity from you. And it, and, you know, I can really say that it wasn't about how much money do you want to make? It was really about what is it you want to do? What is it that makes you um, wake up at night in the morning with joy, wanting to help people, you know, whatever it is, once you are really clear on that and actually giving it a name, then everything else becomes so much easier. So absolutely love that, you know. Um, so why is clarity important? Um, well, you pretty much answered that for me, I guess. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. I'm glad you really got something out of those Thursdays. Yeah. But if you don't know where you're going, you're either going to go in circles or end up somewhere you really don't want to be. Like you can't just get in your car and tell the GPS, take me somewhere. You have to tell it where you're going for it to help you get there the fastest and the safest, right? So our yeah. GPS, they'll, you know, um, call Audible and say, hey, this route's three minutes faster. And for all of us, time is that one resource that we can't make more of and we can't get it back. And so we're all rushing against the clock normally, whether that's just to get somewhere or to figure out what our purpose is in life. And so clarity provides you that direction, even when it's still fuzzy, um, but it provides you an actual destination. I always tell people that clarity is the destination and focus is your journey. And so depending on how focused you are, depicts on how fast you get to your destination. So it's it's the the, the first step in pretty much any and everything attached to a goal, something that you are intentional about, you have to be clear about that thing and where you're going. And focus, you spoke about focus, and it's actually something that um, people tend to do, but don't realize how important it is. You know, even in those fuzzy moments, it's the focus that takes you out of that and closer to, to your destination. And I after today, I will be reminding myself about that focus and, and more focus. Is there anything else you wanted to say about focus? I'm, I'm big on grace, right? And giving mm. ourselves grace. Because when we want something, most of us want it now. Um, and so having that focus is definitely what's going to get you there. A lot of times we bend our boundaries, um, especially for people and family and friends that we love and care about, but we have to learn how to say no. And mm -hmm. that's a complete sentence. And that's going to help you stay focused because if they can borrow your time or your energy, they will, right? And a lot of times it fills our cup to be near them. But when you have a set timeline or goal or thing that you want to focus on, we have to learn how to say no and stand firm in those boundaries because we'll set them, but then we'll be like, well, maybe not today. <laughs> um, and then we find ourselves stressed out and anxious, right? Because now we're up on a deadline or we get an opportunity 
and we're not prepared. And the thing of it is, is that when you're walking in purpose specifically, which is what you were put on earth to do, you're going to be sent opportunities that you're not looking for. You're going to be like, where did this come from? This fell out the sky. This is amazing. And then you're like, oh, no, I'm not prepared. And you either show up in a very bootleg fashion or you don't show up at all because you weren't focused. And I'm not saying you have to be, you know, diligent in like every second of every day, but intentionally pay attention to when it's your genius zone time, i.e. when you work the best. I'm a night owl, so I'm working at between 12 and 2 a.m. I'm really knocking stuff out, right? I had to pay attention to that and then intentionally work during those hours. It's quiet um, and know that not to force myself around 5 p.m. because my brain's fried, right? So focus is um compounded it's not just like okay my calendar this schedule this schedule but it's holistic and i want you to see what areas and what times and what things you should actually pay attention to and focus on wow that's that's amazing because i've just recently started looking at my diary and you know trying to figure out when am I most productive, especially in my nine to five. With the wealth conversation, as I was getting started with it, I was trying to do things all the time. Um, and not. And what I've realized now is just, you know, setting aside time, which is what we were taught. And, you know, when, we, when I was on the program, um, but it was so difficult because I hadn't really focused on what I wanted it to do. And I was trying to do so many things, but now I've really just kind of focused on a handful of things, try and get those out, get them working on almost autopilot, and then I can move to the next thing. So I've really um, seen how important focus is, and I'm still trying to remind myself to focus because I I can be impatient as well in a lot of areas. That's definitely fair. And the pandemic has forced a lot of us to sit still long enough to realize that because I think it's just yeah. the culture, especially corporate culture, is to go, go, go and suck us dry trying to get everything out of us, right? And it's not the most efficient and effective way to do things. And like you said, I have the last week of every month is my week where I'm like, nothing scheduled. I'm not coaching. I'm not because you need that admin time. You need that downtime. You need to re-energize yourself. So I'm so happy to hear that you found that out in the beginning stages. Yeah. yeah. That time. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the thing about boundaries as well, trying to communicate that to other people, whether it's your family or colleagues, because they might be operating on a different schedule. So getting people to understand that, you know, this is, this is how I'm working now. Things have changed slightly. Um, that's where it, um, it's sometimes difficult, but again, that's where the clarity comes in because then you can find the right words to say and, and to explain what, what you need to do. Now, um, Jatia, I want to know, in your opinion, what do you think are the, the basic steps that everyone should take so that they can gain clarity and be more focused in not just the, the money side of their life, but, but every area of their life? I know you work with entrepreneurs who are you know trying to put businesses out there, you know, whether they're starting from scratch or are a bit further along. But what are those basic steps that everyone can use in their life, in their business, in relationships to gain more clarity? Yes. So I call it the ABCs to clarity. Um, mm -hmm. So hope everyone can remember that. But A is acceptance, mm -hmm. B is believe, 
And C is connect the dots and connect with people. And acceptance is first because that's the hardest thing for most humans to do. We need to accept that the past, the present um, happened for us, not to us, and accept that we deserve that future that we see in our minds. It's crazy as it may sound to anyone else. We need to accept that people are who they are. And that's the hardest, especially in business and personal relationships, because we want to hope, wish, and pray. And we see the potential or we see the good in everyone. And it's that thing that we keep, especially when it comes to boundaries, um, excusing things that cause us to sacrifice ourselves um, more than not. And so really working on acceptance is the most freeing thing ever. And once your mind is free of the what ifs, the woulda, shoulda, couldas, and all of those things, it has the capacity to actually sift through all of that, to actually see what's already there. Because your purpose and the life that you uh, desire how to get that and what to do is already in our head, but it's already, it's clouded with so much of life. And so really accepting things and truly accepting it, which it's, it's not an overnight thing. And I'm telling you guys this from experience. I don't tell anybody things that I have not had to do myself or I haven't done myself before I give it to anyone else to apply. And it took years, honestly especially in different areas of life, when it comes to family, friends, realizing that there's a community out there for you, even if it's not in your area code and your zip code, because if it's not front and center in your face, a lot of times we get discouraged um, when those around us really don't understand us, especially my multi-passionate people, and you don't feel understood, you don't feel heard, you don't feel supported. People are out there, they're just not in your area code and zip code, and to accept that part and then to go out and find that. But believing is believing that you can, believing that those people are out there, believing that no matter how crazy this idea sounds, that it's meant for you to do it and no one else can do it like you. And then connecting the dots between your past and present and your future. Because again, if you have a diary or journal, a lot of people write in it, but they don't go back and read it. If I encourage you to do that you'll find a lot of times, one, your growth, and two, that you've pretty much laid out some either a program or your business idea like 10 years prior. Um, and so to really go back and connect those dots from things you did as a kid to the things you do now, you just do them differently. And then connect with other people because we're not meant to do it alone and you can build a house by yourself, but it's so much faster and it can be built in better quality if you do it with others. And so that that's the ABCs to clarity. I love that. ABC. Very simple. Uh, so easy to remember. Acceptance, believe and connect the dots. A lot of that resonated with me. Um, I have struggled for years to move from point A to B because I've been looking at the past and thinking about Oh, if, if only I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be at this point. If maybe I had taken a different route or if, if this person was, was still around, you know, so a bit of regret, a bit of thinking what, you know, the what ifs, um, the buts, and also just worried about what other people will, will think. Those things held me back for a very long time. I am surprised that I've got to the point where I am now, where I'm actually running a business. I've got this podcast and it's, 
there is so much that I had to go through, wade through and unpack before I could even get to this point. And it was all in my head. I have been fortunate. Um, you know, you talk about you don't you don't have to do it on your own. That's another thing I had to overcome. And I overcame it very quickly when I re when I found my tribe and they were not in the same here we say postcode in the UK, they were not in the same postcode at me. They, most of them weren't in the same country. And it was really by connecting with all these people from around the world that I realized that, one, I'm not alone in this journey of confusion and fogginess, but also there are other people who I can get assistance from and who can help me get to places much quicker. Really, really resonate with, with all of that and um, absolutely love how simple you've made those steps. Now, I wanted us to get a bit personal and I would love, if you don't mind, if you could share with us a time when you had to find clarity and how that moment enabled you to level up. Definitely, so the same program you went through, I went through it before you did. And um, because I was seeking clarity because I, I see the forest and not the trees. And so it was hard and frustrating and discouraging for me to actually be like, I know it's over there. I don't know how to get there. Right. And so going through P2P really helped me to see that I was close. I just needed to pivot. And so that's why pivoting is so important for me. Um, and so the main thing was I was originally the natural networker. Um, I'm introvert, now more so ambivert. And I wanted to really help students and introverts learn how to network because I had let so many opportunities pass me by because I was shy or I was afraid to speak up or I was afraid to, to make waves, right? And so um, I found a way that didn't cause us as much anxiety. And I wanted to share that with people, but going through, so I originally signed up for P2P um, to figure out how to make money doing this. I was making it a little bit here and there, but I wanted to know how to make more. But while in the program, I got clarity that if I helped them gain clarity, they would network better in general. And that's for people across the board. So that's how I kind of pivoted over to focusing on clarity and not specifically networking, because that was always my medium to make my goals come true from A to Z is networking. And so now I'm able to have more impact and I have more income and I'm now able to help others do the same thing because I had that clarity that it wasn't just about networking. It was about the clarity piece. It was something that I was holding on dear to because I was like, I'm the natural networker. <laughs> so it took a really long time to let go of that because I had worked so hard on that. And that goes back to that acceptance. But that was a major piece of clarity for me that really shook things up in a positive way. Yeah, P2P is, is a game changer. And, and for listeners who are wondering, P2P is Purpose to Platform. It's a program run by Patrice Cunningham Washington. And on this podcast, you're probably going to hear me interviewing a lot of ladies who've been through P2P because they are now my, my network. They are the people I feed off of. And, you know, this podcast would not be what it is today if it wasn't for someone from P2P as well. So I've got P2P all over in my business. <laughs> Why is it important not to focus on how you make your money, especially for entrepreneurs? Definitely. So 
COVID is a great example. And a lot of people couldn't pivot during that time because they didn't know exactly what they did. Once you know what you do, you can go from, you know, wealth building to interior design because it might just be that your secret sauce is how you educate, is how you communicate, is how you listen and then transmute what people have said and give it back to them so that you can bring things to life. Like, the lifestyle or legacy that they want with wealth and or what their home looks like that makes them happy, right? And so being able to pivot because otherwise your business will not succeed. Um, and so really knowing what you do, not how you make your money uh, allows you a broader spectrum of options basically because then you can do it in so many different ways you for example you do it through your nine to five you have the podcast you have your program tomorrow you might write a book you might become a you know professional speaker do a ted talk you have so many options because you know what you do how you do it is totally different um, and one of the examples that i always give because people are like well what do you mean about what you do Normally when you ask people at like a networking event, so what do you do? They give you their title. I'm the chief operations officer at Coca-Cola. I don't know. That's not what you do. In that position, what do you really do? That's how you make your money. As a chief of operations, you're in the C-suite delegating things and telling people what to do. That's how you make your money. But what do you do? What's the impact of that? Um, what's the outcome of what you do? And um, because at the end of the day, for me, it's really about the ripple effect. I always say, help me help you help us. And so that then you can go out and do something for someone that continues that ripple. And eventually we'll become a wave of impact and income, making the world a better place as a whole, um, because we know what we do, not focused on how we make our money so that we don't get confined when life happens and things unexpectedly happen. And we can't do the how the way we used to do the how. Yeah, that's 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 powerful. I'm just I'm just taking that all in. If someone's listening right now and thinking, well, if someone asks me what I do, they, they can't go past the title. Is there anything more to the ABC that they can do to just kind of figure that out for themselves? Because it's something I struggled with for a long time. And when I used to go to networking events, I would start by, you know, saying my name and my title. And I'd notice it just wouldn't land like for a long time. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't landing. Um, because for some titles are just industry specific and they mean nothing to, to other people. So I did change it a bit and start saying, well, you know, I help people grow, maintain and protect their money, which a lot of people could relate to. But still, it didn't make sense to some people they wanted to know more, but at least they would start engaging. So I just guess I'm thinking about people who are maybe in um, very maybe technical or, you know, industries that are a bit close to the general man on the street. How could they just start kind of breaking that down so it's easier for people to understand, but then also that they can work out what exactly they do in the most basic of forms? Before I answer that, I really wanted to say I love what you just said about how they would want to ask you to tell them more. That's the whole sole purpose of networking, especially for introverts, so we don't have to talk as much. But 
that lets you know people are interested, right? And so you grasp something that relates to them because people buy results. They buy an outcome. They don't buy your title. They don't really buy your product. They buy the outcome or the result thereof, right? So leading with something that connects to them is what's going to help it land. But to answer your question to, to easier or a simpler way of kind of getting there, because it does take time, is the connecting the dots and accepting that a lot of the things that we want to hide or run from um, is that thing. That's the it thing. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, that's too simple. Or they say there's purpose in pain. Um, it's the thing that I always tell people too to help the younger version of you. What would you have needed? What would you have wanted? And in that pain, right? So a space of, since we're talking well, credit cards are my weakness. That's the one thing my mom tried to warn me about, but I got the t-shirt in college and it went downhill from there, right? And that's a lesson I had to learn over and over and over again because she told me, but she didn't tell me the outcome or the repercussions of that. And so I would wanna tell the younger version of me X, Y, and Z. But clearly, again, so that it resonates, it's and that's my thing of the clarity. I was told, but it wasn't clear so that I could actually receive it and digest it. And so, again, connecting the dots, either it's pain and purpose, what would you tell the younger version of you, or what's that thing that everyone comes to you for? What's that thing that you naturally do? I ask questions a lot. I've always been inquisitive. And the core of that was because I wanted clarity. I need to know. It has to make sense for me. And so looking back, you know, it's that thing that was like, oh, that makes sense. Looking back, I went to college to get the degree that made the money. That didn't work. I went for engineering. I was like, this is not how your brain works. And I ended up um, majoring in technical communications, which we take technical terms and make them very simple clarity again, whether that's in, you know, a pharmaceutical package on how to take your medicine or an IKEA instruction booklet, which they really never hire us. That's why they look the way they look. But um, it, it's all there. Historically, if I look back, I can connect the dots, whether it's in my frustration um, or whether it's the things that I really did well, you know, and so those would be the top three purpose and pain, how would you help the younger version of you? What's that easy thing that you naturally do that everybody's always asking you to help them with or do? And you're like, but it really is simple. It's somewhere in there, but really sit down and, and think about the past and present. That whole piece about, you know, what do people come to you to, you know, what do people ask you to do is, is where I got a lot of clarity. Now, I know there's other stuff you do outside of your, your business, and you've actually got a, a charity. You work with young people. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Because one thing that I am super passionate about is the next generation. We have to do a lot for ourselves to create a solid foundation, but it's not just for us. It is for the next generation, because in a lot of communities, every a lot of generations have started from zero if not minus zero and you know i think we now need to start putting things in place so that each generation is starting from the next level or even two levels above the generation below so i'd love to i'd love for you to share with anyone who's listening what you're doing to support the next generation 
Oh, thank you for asking about that. So um, it's four teens, F-O-R-E-T-E-E-N-S. And it really developed from a dream. I had a dream and I woke up and I was like, okay, let's execute this. Um, but it was, again, that helping the younger version of me. Um, I tell people all the time, I was born into survival mode to a single mother that was trying to survive. And she did everything that she possibly could to ask the questions, to help get me along or, you know, propel me to be able to be successful. But because I was born into survival mode, it was normalized. And so I didn't know anything different for a really long time until adulthood. And I'm making all these new friends and they're like, light years ahead of me in income for one you know they're taking jet setting and I'm like yeah I gotta work yep I gotta work multiple jobs yep and then so for me <laughs> it was like how do I course correct how do I help the younger version of me that really truly has this burning desire deep down inside to do all of these things and their dreams are so big but they're in survival mode which keeps them on the hamster wheel instead of the ladder to success. And so learning to ask for help, <laughs> which was hard for me before, um, but that was very humbling because everybody came and they poured in and helped kind of launch us off the ground with our first teen summit. And the whole purpose is to holistically help kids learn those lessons or learn um, better strategies that they don't see day to day. And normally, like even with us going to conferences, it's a lot of sis, boom, ba, And then we go back into our environments where it's like, mm, well, maybe I can't do this. And so creating that environment, a safe environment for them to ask questions, see people that look like them, that came from similar backgrounds that are doing amazing things. Um, and because networking was my mode of transportation um, to make my dreams come true, I've been blessed to have a network of people that are amazing, that are doing things that I never would have thought of. Um, like one of my Really good friend she's a female she's a female but she's a female submarine engineer and so for that I was like how do you how do you do that come talk wow. to me now. right and so and for her that's easy and I'm like uh yeah okay <laughs> but so that's that's one of my passions is really helping them be able to kick start making their dreams come true at a young age and realizing that those especially who don't want to go to college or think they don't want to go to college, um, that you still can actually have a lucrative career doing whatever it is that you truly want to do. And so I take my skills of clarity to them and help them really try to figure out at that young age so they can start to really pay attention to how to connect the dots into what they do. And so when they get to be 18 or our age, like they can actually do what they do and not have to go in the many loopholes and circles that I had to trying to figure out what it is I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and hopefully if they do go to college and I have to pay back a luxury card note and student loans, like I also had to do so. That's amazing, Jatia, and, and so, so needed. And when you are in survival mode, you really don't give yourself time to just stand still and because your brain is like, if you stand still, I guess it's like that thing when you're in the wild, if you stand still, you'll get eaten by the lion, right? So, yeah. So it's like constantly keep on moving, but we don't realize that we're now doing it in every area of our life. We're doing it at work. We're trying to be busy and maybe taking on more work than we should instead of just taking a break. Um, and that's where sometimes those moments of clarity come. 
I get the best ideas in the shower and I've come to <laughs> in the shower and I've come to realize it's because it's the only place where you know I don't I don't have my iPad I don't have anything I don't have a pen I don't have paper there's nothing there except me and water um and and the shower gel of course <laughs> <laughs> You just giving me clarity because I'm like, she's right. Maybe that is the reason because yeah, in the shower, I'm just like, remember this by the time you get out, remember this because it's, it's like a flood of clarity and ideas, but it is probably because that's one of the few places that I sit still. Yeah. Now, um, there are so many things I could ask you, Jatia, where I would like us to go is for you to just share uh, about your Clarity Accelerator program, which you um, told me about. And yeah, I'd love for you to just share with the with the listeners what that's all about. Definitely. So I know I simplify things a lot, the ABCs and, you know, just connect the dots and I make it sound so easy. I know it's not easy. And so the 90-Day Clarity Accelerator program is put in place to actually hold your hand and help guide you through over 90 days, three months to really get that clarity in what you do and then execute or begin to formulate an idea of your how you're going to do that. Because the hardest part for us is the the beginning phases of that clarity piece of what you do. And so we go through that first 30 days of really sitting down and honing in, connecting the dots, going through the past to the present um, and asking you a host of questions to help you whittle down to that. The next 30 days is put in place to actually write out this idea that you may have. I always use the example of the pet rock and people thought this guy was crazy. He's like, I'm going to sell a rock with a face on it and call it a pet. And he made over a million dollars in no time. And this was back, I want to say in like the 50s. And so a million dollars then, and he was selling them for since and people thought it was the craziest idea ever but it was one that was planted in him and it came to fruition and so what does that look like to actually make this idea a reality and then the following 30 days is really working on that execution piece because again just like conferences the hardest part for us is when we get the clarity or we get the idea um, and then to go on our own and really execute it we'll spend a whole nother year or two being like, well, but maybe, and the clarity is actually in the doing. And so we work through doing the doing so you can get clear and clear and pivot and adjust until it's pretty much what you want. And then I, I feel, I feel more comfortable that then you can go off and really fly in your purpose. And so that's the 90 day clarity accelerator. It is a, a lot of mental work. <laughs> I'll go ahead and warn you, but it feels so amazing for me to see people soar at the end and to hear them articulate their what they do confidently and have the courage to go out there and really pursue that dream or that purpose. That's fantastic. And you've just said the one saying that I've carried with me uh, from you since um, I met you, clarity is in the doing. It's phenomenal. And every time I say it, people are like, wow. And I'm like, you need to meet the lady who, who I heard this from <laughs> first. <laughs> and it really is. It's, it is about just doing. I, I cannot tell you. And Jatia, you'll know it because this is what you do. But once I start doing the thing that I've been wasting time thinking about or trying to perfect, 
the next step is so much easier to do because it's like, actually, no, actually, I, I need to change that because if I change it, then this will happen. Like I can now see the impact of taking one to the first step and then the second and then the next. Every time that's happening to me now, I'm just saying, you know, clarity is in the doing because it really is. I think there's this myth that we carry around with us that if we think a lot about it, if we strategize a lot about it, if we write and journal and journal and journal and journal, that everything is going to work out. And actually it doesn't, you have to do it. And one, one example I'll give is when I was thinking about how I was going to get myself out of debt and I was just, you know, letters were coming through the post and I wasn't opening them and they were just piling up. And like somehow my brain thought that the situation would get better if I just let those letters pile up, but actually opening the letters and reading them and looking at them gave me so much clarity because I realized the situation wasn't as bad as I thought it was. You know, my mind was making up all these stories and actually it, it wasn't that bad. So it was like, okay, now I've done this. Now I know where I am. Let's move on to the next step. So completely, I agree. agree. Clarity is definitely in the doing. And you know, um, you, you brought up a very valid point because it shows up in our lives everywhere, actually. It's the, for some, they look at it as a coping mechanism, but it really is fear and fear can be paralyzing. And so we have these thoughts swirling around in our head or we avoid the big projects and work on the many emails. I can shoot out 20 emails today and feel productive, but it's not progressive. It's not progressing you towards something. It's just you've done a lot that day. Um, but the big things is like once you actually tackle them and face them, you do feel this sense of relief because you have so much anxiety about actually doing it. But it's like, I give the example of running away from a freight train. You cannot outrun it. It's gonna hit you and smack you dead in the butt eventually. So you might as well just face it, either let it pass you or run you over. At the end of the day, you'll be able to continue without that stress and that weight because yeah, avoidance is, is just makes it worse every single time. And so we really do have to have that faith over fear and then dive in, look at it, assess it, and get clear on how to fix it instead of just ignoring it because there's an elephant in the room eventually. Um, so yeah, I totally get that because it's, it's, it's normal. I just want people to know it's normal to do those things. I still do those things and I'm the coach, you know, I'm like telling myself, Jatia, you know what to do, just do <laughs> It's like brain dump, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling frustrated and for why? So just know that it's normal, but to face it and get the clarity on how to move forward and then do it. And you might have to call an audible here and there, and but you'll eventually get to that de desired destination. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And yes, you're so right. Even the, the, the most experienced in any area of life has to, you know, faces these situations and we all find our own way of coping. And when fear takes over, it is really paralyzing and can slow us down. So I think it's good to also make sure you've got a, a good group of people around you, people who can support you and who can know, who notice when things aren't going as smoothly as they should be, then they can sort of say, hey, you know, are, are you okay? Sometimes it's just that one question that can get you to snap out of whatever situation or whatever you're feeling at that point in time. And gets you to start 
putting one foot in front of the other. And so that's what I loved about um, the experience I had at the beginning of the year in P2P that when someone was down, people were there to sort of say, look, we're in this together or are you okay? And they kind of, it's kind of pranked them up a little bit and then they started moving. But so, and once you're moving, you just realize that actually this is not as bad. It's like going to the gym, isn't it? Um, something I need to do. <laughs> I keep saying tomorrow, tomorrow, but yes. Same. <laughs> it's that fear. Okay, Jatia, accountability partners, here we go. Exactly. I'm here for this. Yes, please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last, the first time I went back to the gym, I thought I had to call the doctor <laughs> because my stomach was so sore. I thought I was dying. I thought I was suffering from internal bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And for me, I was like, I can't sit down. <laughs> like My legs hurt so bad. I was just like, this can't be life. But yes, it's just that initial pain. So we have to yeah. get jump started. I know. It's that, how is this possible? Why are people doing this? And then in the end, before lockdown, I was like a beast on the cross trainer. I just wanted more and more and more. And it was just that thing of, you know, doing it, just keep doing it, keep doing it. And then it just becomes easier. And you think, why, why was I complaining in the beginning? So Jatia, we've come to the end of our interview. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I want to honor your time. I just have one question. It's a bit of a long question that I ask all my guests because I believe that in order to create wealth in every area of our life, you must get clear on what wealth means in those areas. And I'd love for you to share with us in a few words or one word, what wealth means to you in the following areas of your life. So the first one is physical well-being. Movement. My whole theory is I can't, you can't feed if you're not fed. And I would choose to give from my overflow, not from my saucer, not from my cup so that I can stay full and others can too. And if I can't, move in some type of form or fashion, whether it's my hands or my legs, then then I'm not capable of doing those things. So for me, movement would be my definition of wealth in that area. I love that. And the reason for, for movement as well, you can't feed if you're not fed that. I love it. Absolutely love it. The next one is mental well-being. Peace would be my definition of wealth there. We talked earlier about course correcting. And for me, therapy has been a, a major role in being able to course correct because really not, you don't know what you don't know and not knowing those triggers or what trauma looks like or how we respond to things and being able to move out of my own way um, gave me peace. Because at one point in time, I was like, where did my happy go? And then I found my happy and I was like, now I just want peace. And so peace is definitely mentally the my definition of wealth love it and spiritual well-being overflow because if that is i get i get feelings right so i get so excited when i get the feeling i'm like this is it especially with clients they're still over there afraid and scared i'm like oh that's really good because i have the feeling and and it overflows and i try to contain it so that i don't cause anxiety but overflow so when when spiritually you know i'm tapped into god as a ceo and i'm checking in or he's reminding me because he doesn't he has a sense of humor that i don't always think it's funny um so when i'm overflowing in that area that's that's well for me fantastic i love that overflow and social well-being 
Ooh, that's a hard one. I was thinking on that one and I still don't have one word, but social well-being, I guess I would just say community, um, which is really big. Community is powerful. It's impactful. It's, it's the fire that fuels us to keep us going. So if you have that community that sees you of like-minded and like-hearted, then that's wealth in that area. Love it, love it, love it. And lastly, financial well-being. Freedom. I have the freedom mm. to do. I have the freedom to help. I have the freedom to impact. I have the freedom and the opportunities and the resources. It's just, it provides so much freedom. Like the young kids say, you move funny when your money's funny. And so actually have the freedom to move freely and do those things that I want to do food is big for me. So I'm always like, I want to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. <laughs> I have the freedom to really do that. So that would be my, my word for that. Yeah. Freedom. Love it. Thank you so much, Jatia, for spending time with us at the Wealth Conversation podcast. If my listeners would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Um, you can find me at jatiajones.com and that'll direct you to all of my other platforms. But I am on Instagram mainly at Jatia Jones. You can DM me. I will respond. Um, but I'm also on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Connect with me at The Wealth Conversation on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the discussion. Also, if you're ready to define what wealth truly means to you, then go to thewealthconversation.com and download the Wealth Cornerstones Guide. Until next week, stay focused on becoming the designer of your financial future.